Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Britannia's Chronicles News Flyer for September 24th, 2023. I'm Jason Smith. We have some new bridges being built and old ones that have been restored in this week's podcast. Plus, a historic bridge is being listed as a national landmark and a bonehead lawsuit against a computer giant because of misleading directions that led to a collapsed bridge and to a driver's death. A rather bizarre case, which we will talk more about, plus the following stories you'll be listening to. Here are the headlines. Historic pedestrian bridge in Massachusetts restored and reopened to pedestrians for the first time in almost a half a century. The city of Magdeburg, Germany, to get another Elbe River bridge. New bridges being built in Basel, Switzerland, and in southern Czechia. A rare railroad overpass to be torn down due to structural concerns. A lawsuit against Google for negligence that led to a driver's death. And lastly, an historic stone arch bridge in Cowley County, Kansas, is officially getting listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Plus, we have an update on another stone arch bridge that's being restored, this time in the Ore Mountains in western Saxony. Now the news. Brookline, Massachusetts. Hundreds of people were on hand last week as a rare historic bridge spanning the Metro Rail tracks was reopened to traffic for the first time in 47 years. The Carlton Street footbridge is a continuous Latisse Pony truss bridge with ornamental features. It was designed and built by Alexis French in 1890 as part of a project completed by Frederick Law Olmsted called the Emerald Necklace, which became the first municipal park in the United States. The bridge connects Brookline's historic Longwood-slash-cottage-farm neighborhoods with Riverway Park section of the Emerald Necklace. The bridge was in use until its closure in 1976 for safety concerns. It had been sitting idle for almost a half a century, falling into disrepair, and eventually becoming a focus of debate over its future. Since 1999, campaigns to save the bridge and reopen it by local groups were carried out but it was not until 24 years later when the strive to restore and reopen the bridge finally bore fruit. The bridge was dismantled and restored off-site, with the trusses being sandblasted and repainted, missing ornaments and other components being replaced, and new decking and steps being installed. New to the bridge are the ramps to conform with the Americans with Disabilities Act and also LED lighting. The bridge reopened the traffic in a ceremony on September 17th, with several prominent politicians and local leaders on hand, including former Massachusetts Governor and 1988 U.S. President candidate Michael Dukakis and his wife Kitty. Also on hand was State Representative Tommy Vitolo and countless number of advocates who pushed through with the efforts to bring the bridge back to life and finally reconnect the neighborhoods that had been cut off for far too long. The bridge is located at Carlton Street and Riverway Park, west of Boston. Congratulations to all who contributed to making the bridge revitalization a reality. Magdeburg, Germany The capital of Saxony-Anhalt has been growing in population, and with that also the number of drivers on the streets. And with that, there is a need for another crossing. Work has been ongoing on a new cable-stayed suspension bridge that spans two branches of the River Elbe. The bridge is to cross the Sol and Alte Elbe, running parallel to a pair of historic bridges, the Solbrücke and the Anna Edbert Brücke. 
It's part of the long-term project of building the Neustrombrücke, where the crossing over the main channel of the Elbe was completed in 1965. The Cable State Bridge is the last component of the project, but one that was needed to accommodate the increasing amount of traffic. Like one over the main channel, the Cable State Bridge will feature two lanes in each direction, plus two streetcar tracks, and additional sidewalks on the outer ends. The cost for the new bridge has been increasing over the past year due to stoppage of construction, plus weather-related issues. The city recently approved a credit for 90 million euros in order to complete the project. It's expected to cost close to 190 million euros. The new structure is expected to be open to traffic by the end of this year. For the historic Seoul and Anna Apert bridges, they will remain in place and will be repurposed for bikes and pedestrians. The two were rehabbed in 2019 and were part of the cost for the entire project. You can find the information on the two bridges in the tour guide on Magdeburg's bridges that can be found in the Newsfire article plus the information on the bridge project. Basel, Switzerland. Work is underway to replace a key river crossing spanning a small river that empties into the River Rhine. The Wieser Railroad Bridge is located between Basel-Bad Bahnhof on the German side and the Basel-SBB main station on the Swiss side. The multiple deck Schrader Deck Truss Bridge is located at the border where the two countries meet. It was built in 1909 and is part of the main line connecting Basel with Frankfurt via Karlsruhe. Work is underway to replace the span after inspections revealed that structural deterioration as well as rust and dish to that the cost for rehabilitating the structure was proven to be exorbitant. The new bridges will be built to the east of the old structure, each one accommodating two tracks per direction. They are expected to be finished by the end of 2025, which at that time the old truss bands will be removed. Travelers are expected to plan in delays due to construction, especially below the bridge where the Freiburgstrasse and the border control areas are located near the railroad structure. And now the headlines. Hundreds of people were on hand for the grand opening of the Wellsburg Arch Bridge. The 580-foot-long tied-through arch bridge was built by Flat Iron Construction based in Colorado, with the arch band having been constructed off-site and then moved into place. The $313 million project crosses the Ohio River, connecting Wellsburg, West Virginia, with Brilliant Ohio. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice and Transportation Secretary Jimmy Wriston were also on hand for the ceremony that took place on Wednesday. Since Thursday, traffic has been going across the bridge. A historic bridge in Wright County, Iowa has a new home. Bridge number 200 is a polygonal worn pony truss bridge that spans the Boone River at the Humboldt County border. Built by the Iowa Bridge Company in 1912, the bridge had gained interest by three parties according to news stories, yet there is no word on who was awarded the bridge. It is clear, however, that the bridge will be used for recreational purposes as written in Iowa's marketing laws on historic bridges. A new bridge is expected to be built at its present site next year. On the island of Fehmarn in Germany, work is underway to extensively rehabilitate the Fehmarn Bridge. The 60-year-old structure will see its cable suspenders and bridge decking replaced, and new paint on the tied-through arch bridge. Work is expected to be finished by 2027, coinciding with the completion of the adjacent tunnel that will carry the Hamburg-Copenhagen Railroad and the Motorway 1 past the island en route to Denmark. Travelers are expected to plan ahead, as train services have been suspended between the cities of Lübeck in Germany and Rugby in Denmark, at the same time, the motorway 1 in Schleswig-Holstein will also be rebuilt from Lübeck up to the Danish border.
Now back to the news. Serena Cheshia. Work is underway to build a replacement bridge over the Orlik Reservoir. The Cervena Viaduct is a multiple-spanned bridge featuring continuous held deck truss spans supported by stone piers. It was built in 1889 and serves rail traffic between Cervena and Sahori, located 110 kilometers southeast of Pilsen. Crews have been constructing a new bridge located next to the current one. It will feature an open spandrel concrete deck arch bridge with a span of 156 meters. The total length of the bridge will be around 300 meters. Construction started in January, and at the time of this podcast, crews have been working on the arch span with plans to complete it by the end of November of this year. Counting the realignment of the railroad and the construction of the new deck, the bridge is expected to be finished by the end of next year. The cost for it, it will be around 48 million euros. The historic bridge will then be given to a local organization who will utilize the bridge for recreational purposes, even though it's unclear how it will be repurposed. The historic structure will, however, remain in place because of its historic nature. Newport, Isle of Wight, UK The days of an historic bridge, which has been an integral feature of the historic railway, are officially numbered. Bridge number 12 is situated 0.4 miles west of Haven Street Station and was constructed in 1875 by contractors building the Ride and Newport Railway. The bridge was built as an accommodation crossing to allow the landowner to cross the railroad. The land on both sides of the bridge is now in separate ownership and the railway has no obligation to maintain the link. Money had been invested in maintaining the brick arch structure which features iron ornamental decorations only to find that the structure has been deteriorating in the last years with spalling cracks and other structural issues. Part of it has to do with the fact that the bridge has been built on clay and the ground has been moving significantly within the past 35 years. Furthermore, much of the historic significance has been widely compromised, leading to the decision to demolish the structure. Prior to its removal, the bridge will be documented with photographs and other information. There is no word on when the demolition will take place, let alone whether a replacement span will be built in this place, and if it will mi- mimic the original structure. The next story in our podcast has to do with following directions, let alone making personal decisions and ones that are, uh, that are right for everyone. Imagine this situation. You travel on a local street during a thunderstorm, and you come across a bridge that is washed out, with no barriers or signage indicating its closure. You are reliant on either Google Maps or your GPS system in your car. What would you do? Would you turn around and find another direction, even if it means asking some people in the process? Or would you risk your life trying to cross it? And this is where our story uh, plays here. We're going to go to Hickory, North Carolina, which is located 60 miles northwest of Charlotte. On September 30th of last year, Philip Paxton was traveling home from a party in a severe thunderstorm, using Google Maps as his guidance because the local roads were unfamiliar to him. On his way back, he came across a bridge that was partially washed out way, one that he didn't notice until it was too late. His car crashed into the water and he ended up upside down and was killed instantly. The bridge had been washed away a decade ago, but there were no signages, let alone barricades that indicated that it was washed away. On Tuesday, his widow Alicia Paxson filed a lawsuit against Google accusing the computer giant of misleading drivers and not updating its maps properly. According to the lawsuit, quote, For nine years, the community of Hickory was needlessly and senselessly placed at risk 
when a road bridge collapsed in 2013, and when one of the largest companies in the world refused to correct its mapping algorithms despite repeated pleas. For years before this tragedy, Hickory residents asked for the road to be fixed or properly barricaded before someone was hurt or killed. Their demands went unanswered. We've discovered that Google Maps misdirected motorists like Mr. Paxson under this collapsed road for years, despite receiving complaints from the public demanding that Google fix its maps and directions to mark the road as closed. Philip's widow, Alicia, is adamant we do everything possible to obtain justice and make sure that something like this tragic nightmare cannot happen to another family. Close quote. Google is not the lone defendant in this case. The other defendants, North Carolina-based Hard LLC, James Tarleton, and the Hinkley Gulvin LLC have been identified as owners and responsible parties for the chronically neglected, unprotected sector of the collapsed bridge. The case is being brought up to the North Carolina Superior Court. Should the ruling favor Paxson, it will serve as a dang settle not only for Google, but also for other computer apps, as well as automobile makers who install the software in the computer system of the cars, to make sure that the software is, as, is updated to its most accurate stands, in order to ensure drivers that they follow the directions and not end up like what happened to Mr. Paxson. In a situation similar to the incident in North Carolina, drivers are advised to avoid areas that are potentially dangerous and ask others in case they are lost and need directions to their destinations. Having a road atlas in the car will be of help. This problem is not new as this has happened very often, especially with truck drivers. We have a pair of stories involving stone arch bridges that we'd like to share with you before we go. The first one takes us to Cowley County, Kansas a county which has the highest number of stone arch bridges in the state. Many of them were built between 1870 and 1900, and at least half a dozen of the 16 identified are listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Add this next bridge to the list, the Spring Creek Stone Arch Bridge near Arkansas City. The county and the State Historical Society of Kansas recently approved the inclusion of the historic bridge onto the state register and is now a candidate for listing on the National Register. The bridge, also known as the Dr. Snyder Bridge, was built in 1935 and is located in West Cressel Township, approximately 2.5 miles west of Arkansas City on 262nd Road. It was the last stone arch bridge built in the county prior to World War II. After the war, concrete beam bridges were introduced for bridge construction. With the inclusion of the stone arch bridge, the nomination will now go to the keeper of the National Register, who will most likely approve its listing. The bridge is significant because it represents an example of stone arch bridges that were built by local masons using methods of stone arch building that was, that's comparable with the ones built during the Roman Empire. You'll find more information on that bridge, as well as all the other Colleague County stone arch bridges, in a pair of links provided in the Newsflyer article. Congratulations to Colleague County on its listing of the historic structure. Our last story takes us to Western Saxony and to the town of Bachlema, located 5 kilometers north of Awa and 30 kilometers south of Svikau in the Ore Mountains. The Steinbrücke is a three-span stone arch bridge spanning the Svikau Mulde behind the train station Bachlema. The bridge is unique because of its skewed arch spans. It was one of the earliest bridges built over the river, with the construction date going back to 1869. It was abandoned due to the sagging pier in the 1970s, and at the same time a truss bridge was built alongside it. It served rail traffic until its closure in the early 1990s. Work has been ongoing to restore the structure to its original glory. 
Based on my most recent visit, the bridge appeared to have been rebuilt, with one pier having been reconstructed and the others reinforced. New decking was also finished along with the motors. While the bridge itself is more or less finished, the project is far from it. The bike trail is currently being rebuilt and will most likely be paved to provide a smooth surface. Lighting will also be added as one of the last items on the to-do list. Given the current situation, the bridge and the tra uh, trail will be finished and open by the end of this year, thus completing a two-plus-year project, which also included a decade full of funding and other campaigns to save the bridge. When exactly that the bridge and the trail will be, will be open to bikes and pedestrians remains open, but we will keep you posted on the latest there. Check out the Bridge Hunters Chronicles on the web as we have some interesting stories that have been posted the last week, one of which involves a mystery bridge that's been a talk of the town. It was posted yesterday and it looks at a trust bridge located in Teesdale, Mississippi, but we're looking for its history and exact whereabouts. Next week will be the start of submissions for the 2023 Bridge Hunter Awards. Information on that will be mailed available online and also on the social media pages. It will also be mentioned in our podcast. Plus, we have a few minor items in terms of social media pages, and that one will definitely be mentioned in, in our podcast for next week. Subscribe to the Bridge Hunter Chronicles on the web, on its social media pages, and wherever you get your podcast. That's it for this edition of the Chronicles News Flyer. I'm Jason Smith, and thank you for listening. Remember, your bridge matters. Take care, happy bridge hunting, and happy trails till we meet again. Bye now.